Hello and welcome to the Evidence-Based Physiotherapy Podcast. A podcast for physiotherapists and physiotherapy students to discuss all things related to research evidence and applying it to your practice. Hello and welcome to this episode where we are talking about qualitative and quantitative research. We're joined by Sean, a third year physio student, Luke, a second year physio student and myself, Alex, a lecturer in physiotherapy. First of all, what's your understanding of what the difference between qualitative and quantitative research is? Quantitative is more closed questions so you can gather data more easily. Qualitative is open questions and you can conduct it like via interviews and and get a better like a broader understanding of what people are saying and their opinions yeah I suppose in healthcare as well I think a way of um, qualitative you really get to see the patient's point of view so yeah exactly so qualitative information is asking sort of open questions and and receiving words and trying to interpret the meaning of those words whereas quantitative is looking at quantities or numbers quite quite broadly I'd really sort of argue that it's got some similarities to clinical practice. You know, when you're in practice, you you ask the patient how they're feeling. You you ask them um, about what happened and about their view and and even carers' perspectives as well. So you're getting a very subjective view of of what's happened. But then you go ahead and and you measure things to try and get a, a far more quantitative view. So really, if you put quantity instead of quantitative, you're just measuring things. You're just counting things up. So anything that involves counting really can be seen as quantitative and qualitative is looking at things in far more detail. So that's really the broad, simple difference between the two. So why are they both important then? What what would you say? Why would you use either of them? I suppose with um, quantitative, they can be used in, say, studies for if a certain technique works within physio and if it doesn't, say, Obviously, there's always like gray areas. Yeah, right. So you might want to be looking at studies of effectiveness or efficacy. Are these things that you've come across at all? Or... The words that I've seen, efficacy is a word that I've seen and kind of glossed over and been like, I've just kind of associated with efficient and just accepted it. And, and that's pretty much it. And it and it's very similar to reliability and validity. They're often used interchangeably, yeah. and but they actually have very very specific meanings. So, efficacy is really if something is able to work in the best possible circumstances, whereas effectiveness is how good it works in sort of everyday life. So really, you can put it down to whether efficacy is whether something works or not, and effectiveness is really how well something works in a general sense if that makes sense so if quantitative work is really focused about whether something works whether it's efficacious or how well it works how effective it is what about qualitative what does that aim to show us is that more getting like a general overview of people's opinion of things and kind of being able to explore deeper into what somebody's thinking as opposed to kind of yes no answers you can let them open it up and let them like express themselves a little bit more yeah so you're looking far more in depth about someone's understanding about something so to put that in the context of physiotherapy research we often have um interventions that that we know that that work in clinical practice because people have used them and they've got very very positive results from them but when they are evaluated within a trial format 
they may not always get the uh, the positive results that they, they see in clinical practice. And so there's often this discussion about whether it's actually effective or not, or efficacious. You know, to, to, to think about that in more detail, the quantitative evidence, which often reduces everything down to its individual components, hasn't been able to find an effect. You might want to carry out a qualitative study to look at why that hasn't been the effect seen. So when do you think that you would be using quantitative or qualitative evidence in your work? Uh, I suppose um, you'd be using a, a lot of qualitative when, say, you're doing soap notes, so taking a subjective of um, a patient. Say they've had a fall, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just say, yeah, somewhere hurts. Yes, I know, but they can really go into depth of how much it hurts, what kind of pain is it? Is it sharp? Is it dull? Throbbing? Um, how bad is it at its worst, at its best? So you can really, really go into depth with that. Mm-hmm. Yes, so you, you would you would interview them. Basically, you're you're interviewing your patient, just like there is an interview in a in a qualitative study, and then you're you keep on probing them for further and further information. So that actually has some similarities to qualitative research and interviewing. So that would be like an interview, a one-on-one. What sort of other ways of collecting qualitative information? You can use group interviews, can't you? So you can get like more than one person together you can have one interviewer and get them to have their say on issues or whatever you're wanting them to say yep so what you can do is uh, get together a focus group where you get a small number of people together and the aim is to try and generate a conversation between these people in order to get a much much deeper understanding of a particular area and that's sometimes quite useful if you can get opposing views on a particular subject which really then starts to get this conversation going um, and and takes little facilitation from from the actual interviewer themselves and really this can highlight one of the main differences between qualitative and quantitative research and actually one of the um, the main problems that I've particularly seen with students um, critiquing qualitative research is that it's not generalizable um, and I think it's really important to to understand the fact that qualitative research isn't always aiming to be it's trying to get as broad an understanding of, of a particular concept as possible um, whereas quantitative work is really trying to um, generalize to the population and often therefore get the average person for that population anyway. Are there any other methods uh, used in qualitative research, uh, one-to-one interviews or group interviews? Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, there are. There's 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 absolutely loads. And I think um, the main thing to sort of take away from this is to um, understand that qualitative work is about theory and about building up theory. So building up our understanding of a particular concept, which then might be uh, looked into in, in more detail at a later date. So when you're just starting out reading qualitative research, Try not to get bogged down with the intricacies of the methods too much because they're often very, very specific. And only if you're working in the field and in the area will those intricacies make a big difference or not. So, um, you know, when you go on to do your master's and your PhDs after after this, um, that's when you'll sort of want to be focusing on that a little bit more. But in terms of the application to clinical practice, sort of the open questions and the open text will give you uh, sufficient information to be able to apply to your practice and, and change what you do. With that, with um, qualitative research or what you were saying, what would you say the, um, the pros and cons are in comparison to quantitative? 
I don't think it's sort of um, pros and cons of individual uh, methods as such. I think it's more about the use of qualitative or quantitative. So as I, as I mentioned before, the, the use of qualitative work to um, to try and generalize uh, and that sort of lack of understanding that it might not actually always be uh, the main aim of, of the study itself and sort of conversely um, this sort of understanding or misunderstanding that quantitative work is is always very very reductionist and therefore not applicable to a normal clinical environment so um, I think they just have different benefits they're different tools for different jobs the interaction between qualitative and quantitative work is often discussed um, in terms of a cycle. Qualitative work develops theories. Those theories help you to form a hypothesis and then you can test that hypothesis with quantitative work and then that will help you to develop your understanding of the area which then leads into more qualitative work. So the findings of the studies lead into further questions and further areas. And obviously the bit that sits in the middle of all this are mixed method studies. And in terms of dissertations and, and from a student perspective, um, I think often students rely on this because they are perhaps a little bit scared about statistics from a quantitative perspective and don't want to do a qualitative study. And so they, they um, rely on this mixed methods to try and uh, sort of sit between the two. Yeah. So yeah. and and I could understand why. Plus, also, people want to show effectiveness but don't want to do statistics because they get scared by statistics. So they say, oh, I'm going to stick with a qualitative study, but I really want to show how effective something is. And because of that, you end up with this concoction of, of, a, of a research question. You know, for anyone that is choosing dissertation topics or, or wanting to, to read qualitative or quantitative, it's really good to see whether the question that the studies are asking, because normally, and we'll come into this in a few weeks when we look at reading a, reading a paper, but normally at the end of your background or introduction section, there is an aim of the study. And that aim really should sort of dictate what methods are used very similar to those words that we were talking about before why or perceptions or experiences would lend itself more to a qualitative type study whereas you're, if you're looking at effectiveness or efficacy then you would be looking at a quantitative design so those words are real sort of rough indicators an example of that i did my um i did an access course before starting at um, university for physio and um, within that, one of the units was um, to do a research project, research site report. And um, it was to do with gender inequality within healthcare, within roles like males or females having high paid roles within um, the NHS and healthcare. And um, I used um, quantitative. I gave out a questionnaire with a list saying um, out of these roles, so physio, OT, nurses, doctors, general practitioners, which do you find is most dominated by males or females, or is it both? And then obviously the results came back like I got like yes or no's or the same, but it's kind of it's having that why is it like that? But I'm missing with that research project because that if I was to do interviews, do more of a qualitative approach, it would have given me more of that answer as to why it's like that. Yeah. yeah. And and you really want to be able to probe, I think, deeper and deeper as to, well, what made you think that? And, and you know, why did you act in that way? And and you, you get a, a different perspective on on how someone is has approached something, which a simple yes, no 
um, and a questionnaire is quite limited. Um, I think the classic from a, a student project perspective is um, when someone is very, very keen on doing qualitative and, and, and does a, a questionnaire and um, because they're asking for words to be marked, they feel like that's a qualitative type study. So are you a qualified physiotherapist? Yes, no. Uh, and because qualitative has talks about words, if there is a yes, a yes word and a no word, they feel like that is um, a qualitative study. And the same as, you know, what band of physiotherapists are you, five, six, seven or eight, you know, because it's different categories. And this is where different types of information come into it. So when it comes to to those types of questions, all you're doing is counting up the number of people that say yes and that say no. So in the end, you end up with a quantitative number. So um, but because people hate statistics, there is a fear of statistics. And because because of that, they stay away from it. So the one thing I would plead everyone is, you know, it's think about the question that you want to ask and then develop your methods around the question. Don't do it backwards that I want to do a questionnaire study and sort of try to develop a question around it because you can get yourself into a bit of bother. I think in physio, because there's so many different techniques we can use in that physio toolbox that we have, um, it's always hard to determine to use it which kind of research qualitative or quantitative which one to use because everyone is different and we've got so many different techniques that may work from some people may not work for others mm-hmm. and then it's also about their experiences with those techniques as well that we use yeah that's a really good point for an example from from an essay perspective if you were going down the route of writing um about a case study say someone um with who's had a stroke and you're talking about maybe upper limb therapy for for the stroke survivor within that case study you come across um constraint induced movement therapy um where basically you take the good hand out of action so you constrain it and you do lots of exercise with the paretic side which sort of enforces its use it's been shown to be quite effective and that it's it's actually really really quite useful in in terms of increasing upper limb function you can talk about the quantitative studies looking at the effectiveness of that and the qualitative studies might tell us a lot more about how um it's been experienced and and what the stroke survivors actually think about undertaking constraint induced movement therapy so in terms of a um a qualitative um terms of that you might get patients saying this is the most frustrating thing in the world yeah. So you get more of their personal experience and naturally how their motivations might decrease a bit because it's kind of so frustrating for them. Exactly. At the end of the day, it is all about them and their recovery and healing process. Exactly. So, yeah. And then so there's a lot of this about um, exercise and exercise uh, prescription. So we, we know that exercise is effective. You know, we, we know exercise is really useful for a number of things. But um, we're actually not very good at always knowing how to change behaviour quite as much so there are um quantitative studies that are looked at how effective different behavior change strategies are but there's also a lot of qualitative evidence to talk about what the barriers are to to taking up new exercise or sort of um looking at that in far more detail so if you think about why something is happening that tends to be your qualitative so that will give you far more clout for your assignments when you're writing because you're taking the person's perspectives into account. So, you know, you might then want to discuss some ways that you could overcome 
those barriers you know so it's um, and often those qualitative studies really um sort of start to go into that as well getting this sort of information it just makes everything a little bit clearer same with everything um it doesn't come by reading a book it doesn't come by unfortunately listening to a podcast or anything else it, it's about um picking up a paper and having a look and seeing the difference and yeah you know when when you have a sample size of five or six it's not a problem you know mm. qualitative information it's about getting a real in-depth understanding um of of that one particular concept yeah. and you know and I, I think this is the one benefit actually of doing um a dissertation at university because it's very very easy to say oh they've only got five or six people uh, in that study when you go out and get five or six hours worth of interviews and you then have to write those up and analyze them and it takes hours and hours and hours to to right. do somehow five or five or six um participants isn't isn't a bad sort of feat at all yeah so the, the main issue that people always bring up is sample size and that's not so much of an issue it's okay. it's about how things are so they do have different things to determine quality and we will come up against that at some point in in uh, the podcast but not one for today so no. so um both experts in qualitative and quantitative go for it <laughs> brilliant well um yeah so thank you very much for listening i hope that's um been of some use and yeah we look forward to uh to bringing you the next episode thank you and goodbye if you have any questions thoughts or comments on today's episode then you can email us on the evidence-based physio at gmail.com alternatively you can find us on social media at twitter or instagram at the EBP podcast. Please let us know what you think of the episodes and also leave questions or subjects you'd like to cover in the future. Thank you for listening.